pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Turn with me to Ephesians, the first chapter, the 15th through the 23rd verse. I'll be reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Uh, this is one of many of the prayers that Paul prayed for the church and prayed for us. And uh, it's a good example of prayer that we could follow. As a matter of fact, uh, we have prayed this prayer personally for ourselves many times. But in Ephesians 1 verses 15 through 23, it says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling what the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us for who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So we're talking about resurrection power here. And then in verse 21, it says, Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So in other words, he placed them so high in the heavenly places, he's above everything, every principality, every power, every might, every dominion. And he has a name that's above every name, not only in this earth, but in also in, uh, not only at this time, but also in the time to come. And hath put all things under his feet that gave him the authority over everything, put it under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, that's you and I, the body of Christ, uh, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. He's the fullness of God. The body of Christ is the fullness of God. And the first thing the Apostle Paul prayed for us was that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And unlike most people think, Paul did not pray that God would give us wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He prayed that God would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation concerning the knowledge of him. So the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, he wants us to have the spirit of wisdom in the knowledge of him. He wants us to know everything there is to know about God. And it's going to take the spirit of wisdom and revelation to teach us. You know, when I was a kid, we had certain teachers that would give us homework assignments that would require us, or I said force us, to go to the library and use its resources, you know, like an encyclopedia or a book of some kind to find the answers that we needed to complete our assignment. And uh, they had it to the place where if you didn't go, you couldn't finish your assignment. So you had to go to the library 
You had to look it up in the encyclopedia or a reference book that they told you you would find the answer in. And then you had to complete your homework assignment. And nowadays, you just take your phone out and uh, you just Google it. But back then, it required some legwork. Everybody didn't have an encyclopedia at home. And everybody didn't have a library that would have the certain reference book they wanted you to use. So you not only gained some wisdom and knowledge by going to the library, but you got a little exercise at the same time. That's something that we don't get a whole lot of anymore. But Paul said we don't have to run to the library or Google anything when it comes to wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God because we have the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation living on the inside of us. So he's saying no more trips to the library. I have the book of all knowledge living on the inside of me. I know this is a terrible picture and a terrible angle. Angle. And I know we're not supposed to fear anything, but I'm afraid to move this phone right now. So you'll just have to forgive me for the, for the uh, video. But anyway, wisdom and revelation go hand in hand. And if you just have wisdom, you have knowledge. But when you have revelation, it will move you. It will get you to do something. It will give you an understanding that you didn't have before. For example, if I had a big stick pen and I told you that if I stuck you with it, it would hurt. You'd say, yeah, yeah, I know that. I know it would hurt. See, you have the knowledge. But if I actually stuck it, stuck you with it, you would move. Amen. You would definitely move. Why? Because now you have revelation. Hallelujah. And uh, my point is this. We need them both. Wisdom will tell you what needs to be done, but revelation knowledge will tell you how to get it done or how to do it. And there were 12 things that Paul prayed for us to receive here in Ephesians. Spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, full enlightenment of the truth. He wanted our hearts flooded with truth, flooded with the light of God's word. Uh, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He wants us to understand what we have as a, as a saint of God. You know, we're not only heirs, but we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And he wants us to understand what we have in that uh, inheritance. He wants us to know the hope of his calling, the exceeding greatness of his power. Remember, that's resurrection power. God wants us to know and understand that resurrection power. Uh, he wants us to understand spiritual power in the inner man and the indwelling of Christ. He wants us to know who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. And he wants us to be rooted in love. He wants us to have spiritual understanding and that we would know the love of Christ and to be filled with all the fullness of God. That was Paul's prayer in a nutshell in, in Ephesians 1, uh, 17 through 23. These are the things that he prayed for us. And Paul prayed first for the spirit of revelation or the spirit of wisdom and revelation because that's how we're going to receive the knowledge and understand all the things concerning God and the other 10 things that we prayed for. And so anyway, my wife and I have prayed this prayer for years. And uh, we prayed it for ourselves, for our family, for our church. Uh, you know, it wouldn't hurt us to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened so that we might know what is the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power 
to us word who believe according to the working of that mighty power, that resurrection power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. It wouldn't hurt for us to know those things. And uh, I can tell you one thing for sure. If you pray this prayer often enough, you're going to start experiencing some of these things because my wife and I have from time to time. And we, get, we, we begin to walk in the things that we've been praying for and they become a revelation to us, a reality to us. And it causes us to move in that direction that God wants us to move. And so uh, we get we get revelation and wisdom in various different ways. We get it from the Holy Spirit himself. I mean, he's living in us. He could just give us some wisdom and revelation concerning a thing that we're concerned with. Uh, we get it from reading the Bible. We can get it from reading an inspired book by uh, Brother Hagen or Mark Hankins or Kenneth Copeland or one of your favorite authors. It can come through prayer during a time of prayer. Uh, we can uh, get wisdom and revelation by hearing something preached. And uh, I don't mean this as a pun or to be uh, boastful or anything, but a lot of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of God comes from your pastors, your bishop, your priest, whoever it is, your, your Christian spiritual leader. A lot of that revelation of the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God comes from him, from his sermons, from his teaching. I try to impart that into our congregation every time that we come together. But you can tell when it comes to you because it, it will stick to you. It will stick with you. You'll remember it because your understanding was enlightened. Your heart was flooded with light. Your, your heart was enlightened as to the uh, the wisdom and the revelation that God was imparting to you, and you'll see it clearly for the first time. I've read over certain sections of the Bible, certain passages of Scripture. I've prayed them time and time again, and uh, just never seen a certain thing. Then all of a sudden, one day, you know, we say in the, in the natural, man, a light just came on. Well, what happened was that my spirit was enlightened. My heart was enlightened. My heart was flooded with the light of that truth, of that revelation. And for the first time, I really understood it. I got stuck with the pen and it moved me. It helped me to understand. And, you know, uh, we can talk about any number of these things that Paul prayed for us here in Ephesians and in other places. He prayed another prayer in Ephesians 3, a prayer in Romans, a prayer in Colossians. He's prayed all through his epistles for us. And they're all good prayers, and they're all prayers that we can pray for ourselves and for our family members and others. And uh, it, it wouldn't be wrong for you to take that prayer and, co and copy it and personalize it for yourself. And uh, uh, use your name uh, wherever there is a personal pronoun. And uh, But I want to talk to you about the fact that Paul prayed for us. Uh, when he prayed for the Ephesians, uh, the Colossian church, and he prayed in Thessalonica, he prayed anywhere he prayed, that prayer that he prayed wasn't specifically for that particular church. That was for all the saints of God and all the churches for all the for all time. But uh, he prayed for us that uh, we would actually gain wisdom and revelation about not only the prayer, but the effectiveness effectiveness of it because like i said i promise you if you prayed this prayer on a consistent and regular basis you would start seeing it manifesting in your life and by meditating on it it would cause that revelation to come that you need to really cause that that 
passage of scripture or that revelation or that wisdom that God's imparting to you, it will cause it to stick. But you'll begin to experience the things that Paul was talking about. But Paul and the other apostles gave us a lot of information about prayer. And uh, for example, 1 Peter, the apostle Peter, in uh, chapter 3 and verse 12 of 1 Peter, he said, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So God's ears are open to us. And then in 1 John 5, 14 and 15, John, the apostle of love, he said this, And this is the confidence that we can have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will or his word, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. See, there's a certain knowing when you pray that you can have the things that you're asking God for. And, and when is that? It's when you are praying according to God's word, according to his will. When you're repeating God's word back to him, you can have the confidence that he's going to hear it and he's going to grant you the petitions that you desire of him. And James, good old brother James in 516 of his book, he says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed or you may be prosperous. You may uh, get the wisdom that you need, that you may get the answer to the problem. Pray that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, these ain't just popcorn prayers where you just pop up a prayer every now and then. This is fervent. It's white hot heated prayer. That's what fervent means. It's fervent prayer, and it's uh, the prayer of a righteous man that availeth much. So this is a man in Christ, a woman in Christ. Uh, people think, well, I'm not righteous. I don't have any right to ask God for anything. Well, the devil uh, wants you to think them thoughts exactly because he doesn't want you to be bold. He doesn't want you to be confident when you go before God. He, he wants you to shy away from God, be ashamed to go before God and ask him for anything. But you are righteous if you're born again. Because when Christ came into you and, and you went into Christ, uh, he made you righteous. You were made the righteousness of God in Christ because of what he did through the redemption, through his redemption and by hanging on the cross and paying the price for our sins. He gave us his righteousness. Uh, I, I believe it was Isaiah said that our righteousness is as filthy rags. We don't want our righteousness. We want God's righteousness. And it was imparted to us. It's a gift to us. You can't earn it. There's nothing you can do to gain it. And there's nothing you can do to lose it. If you're in Christ and he's in you, you're born again, then you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And you can go to God boldly knowing that you're righteous in his sight. Jesus made you that way. Listen to James 5.16 in the Amplified Classic. He says, Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. And pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer, that's the fervent prayer that King James was talking about, 
The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. You know, when you pray and you stand before God in the righteousness of Christ and you pray with the confidence and the boldness that God told us to pray with, then it, it is a prayer that is dynamic in its working. It provides tremendous power, dynamic in its working. And what's so wonderful about the prayers of a Christian is that we have a God who hears our prayers and listens. In other words, he hears our prayers and he's attentive to them. Once in a while? Nope. Every time you pray, God hears. One thing that will turn God's ear is your prayers. And, you know, there's thousands, and I, I won't mention any religions or names, but there's thousands of religious people that pray every day, but they pray to other gods. And how many knows uh, there's only one true God, and his name is Jehovah Elohim. He's the God that we serve, that every Christian serves. But there's thousands of religions that, that pray to other gods every day, several times a day, very diligently and uh uh, you know, very seriously. and But here's the problem. There's nobody listening. There's no one up there to hear them. And uh, I, I'm just going to give this example. You wives know what I'm talking about. But anyway, in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, uh, it says that it came to pass that as he was praying, Jesus in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, I like the way Matthew recorded it. It's slightly different, but I want you to notice that this isn't a prayer that we're supposed to pray per se. Uh, it's not a problem if you do pray this prayer. I prayed it for years and years and years. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done and so on and so forth. Uh, I prayed it uh, several times, several times a day, several times an hour at times. And so it's not a problem if you pray that as a prayer. It's an effective prayer. But it, uh, Jesus teaches us that this is a manner of prayer, a pattern for prayer, and not necessarily a prayer in and of itself. And so he's saying, after this manner, in Matthew 6, 9 through 15, he says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, when you pray after this man, this uh, manner and the, this pattern that he's teaching us, you will know who you're praying to, and you'll know that he is a holy God. This is the pattern. This is the manner. And then in, in verse 10, it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So we're to pray for his kingdom to be consummated in the earth, just like it is in heaven. 
And then he says, there's much more to this, but I just don't have the time to get into it in any great detail. But he says, give us this day our daily bread. In other words, there are some things that we need to pray for on a daily basis. Uh, this is not talking about the prayer of faith where you pray and you believe God moved and you have what you prayed when you prayed. And uh, the next time you think about it, you just thank God for it. This isn't that type of prayer. This is something we pray for on a daily basis. And then he says in verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So in other words, uh, as you pray and if, if, if a debtor comes to your mind, you better forgive him. Don't hold his debt against him while you're praying uh, because we're wanting God to forgive, it, forgive our debts. And then in 13, it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So we're to pray to avoid evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In other words, know who the kingdom belongs to, the power belongs to, and the glory belongs to. It doesn't belong to you and I. It belongs to him. This is the manner in which we are to pray. Uh, it's more of an attitude of, pray, of prayer, and we should pray with more than it being just... Uh, a mechanical, repetitive type of prayer that has no real meaning to us. But anyway, remember the disciples asked Jesus, they said, teach us to pray. They didn't say teach us how to pray. They said teach us to pray. And uh, see, they already knew how to pray. Uh, every Old Testament saint worth his salt knew how to pray. There were plenty of good examples of prayer in the Bible in the Old Testament. Moses, Joshua, Moses had all kinds of miracles when he prayed. Joseph prayed. Joshua prayed. He stopped the sun for 24 hours. Uh, Elijah prayed. He shut up the heavens for three years. Elisha prayed. He had a double portion anointing and he had twice as many miracles as Elijah had through prayer. Daniel prayed. David prayed. The prophets prayed, and they were all effective too. Many, many miracles and answers to prayer in the Old Testament. So uh, the disciples knew how to pray. They had great examples of prayer. But when Jesus prayed, the disciples noticed something was different. When the Old Testament saints prayed, they prayed to a distant God, and they didn't have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of them and guiding them and helping them to pray, like Romans 8, 28 says, for when you know not how to pray as you ought, the Holy Spirit maketh intercessions for you in groanings that cannot be uttered. Uh, P.C. Nelson says, uttered in articulate speech. In other words, it's a spirit language. It's our prayer language. It's speaking in tongues and praying in tongues. They didn't have that. They didn't have the infilling and the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would come upon them at times and anoint them to perform certain miracles and feats that they couldn't otherwise perform, but they didn't have the indwelling presence like we do. Uh, but we don't pray to Jehovah Elohim. They prayed to Jehovah Elohim, a judgmental, powerful God that they didn't have a full understanding of. And when they prayed, they prayed in fear. And I'm not just talking about a rever reverential fear. We should all have that type of fear when we uh, approach God in any way, shape, or form. But they had a real fear of God. And 
So we don't pray to Jehovah Elohim, so to speak. We get to pray to a, a loving Heavenly Father. We get to pray to Abba. And Abba in the uh, Aramaic, I believe, uh, the, the Greek and Aramaic, it means daddy, daddy. It's a very intimate and personal level that we get to pray on. They didn't get to pray like that. And this is what they noticed in Jesus. They, they never called God a father. Jesus began to uh, show them the father through what he did. And that's why the prayer starts out, our father who art in heaven. He didn't say Jehovah Elohim who art in heaven, the judgmental God that's in heaven, the distance God that's in heaven. He said, he, he introduced them to a personal God. He said, pray like this manner, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Don't forget how holy he is. Maintain that respect and maintain that reverential fear. But you're talking to your father. You're talking to your Abba father, daddy, daddy. So that's who we get to pray to. We get to enter into the very presence of God and we get to petition God beyond the veil on a very personal level. See, we get to go boldly to the throne of grace. Hebrews 4.12 tells us to obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. We're not praying to distant God. We're going into his very present and we're praying right before his throne. See, we have a new pattern of prayer and that's what the apostles are trying to teach us throughout the epistles, especially the apostle Paul. And we can enter into the presence uh, of the Father with full assurance of faith. Hebrews 10.22 tells us, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. We can go before God boldly, righteously, and clean because the blood of Jesus cleansed us and we've been washed with the washing of water by the word of God. And we have to understand that heaven is not just a place you go when you die. Thank God uh, we do go there when we die. And, uh, you know, absent from the Lord is, or absent from the body is present with the Lord. Thank God we go there immediately. We don't go into some kind of spiritual sleep. We don't uh, wait somewhere in paradise until uh, whatever happens and we get to go to heaven. No, we get to go to heaven immediately. When you die as a Christian, born again Christian, die in Christ, you go immediately before the Father. Hallelujah. That's wonderful. But it's not just a place that we go when we die. God is telling us that we can access heaven and every benefit of heaven right now. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that we will one day see him face to face. And we will, but we can pull heaven down now through prayer. And we can pull down love, joy, peace, health, wealth, and everything that heaven has to offer. He said that we can have a little bit of heaven right here on the earth. And so we don't have to wait till we die to go to heaven. We can go boldly before the throne of grace. We can enter in beyond the veil into the holiest of, of holies, the holiest place in the universe, and we can pray before the throne of God. He's given us access. Jesus has given us access by the blood, through the blood, by the power of the blood. He's given us access 
into the very throne room of God. And we should take advantage of that. And we shouldn't be ashamed and we shouldn't be guilt-ridden and we shouldn't have a guilty conscience. He's told us we've been cleansed of all of that. He said, come boldly. Come boldly before the throne of grace. Jesus made a way. He's the one that tore the veil from the top to the bottom that separated the holy place from the most holy place. And he gave us access to the Father through his blood, through the power of his blood. And so we enter into the Holy of Holies. We enter into the place of prayer. We enter into the throne room and we enter boldly and righteously. God admires that. God wants to see that in us. He wants, he's, we're his children. How do you want your children to approach you? You want them to be ashamed and guilty and afraid and in fear and you'll never have a relationship like that no you want them if you're a normal parent you want them to be able to come to you boldly with any kind of problem that you have how much more our heavenly father how much more uh, will god shower us with good gifts how much more will god give us the gift of the holy spirit the most precious gift on earth uh, alongside of jesus of course but how much more will he do for us than we would do as a natural and uh, uh, father here on the earth. He wants us to approach him. He wants us to tell, tell him what our problems are. He wants to bear our burdens. He wants to solve our problems. He wants to give us the wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him. He wants us to know everything about him that we could possibly know. Uh, he knows everything about us. So we should try to endeavor to know everything about him. And, and you know, the more about the more you know about God, the more you love Him. You know, um, I believe in love at first sight, but that's more the exception than the rule. And I can remember when when I met my wife, I felt something on the inside for her. But the more I got to know her, and the more time I spent with her, the more I loved her. And uh, you know, we've been together over fifty six years, and, and I love her more now than I did when when I first. When we first got married, my love just continues to grow for her. Why? Because I know more about her. I know that she's faithful and true. I know that I can count on her. Well, God feels the same way. He's faithful and true. He knows that we know that we can count on him. He said he'd never leave us or forsake us. So why wouldn't we want that relationship with him? And that comes through knowing him more, spending more time with him in his presence, and, uh, you know, the Bible tells us a lot of things about his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy, uh, for one thing. And there's a lot of sad-looking Christians running around nowadays that have lost their joy completely. And uh, one of the reasons they lost it is because they don't spend enough time in the presence of God. Uh, one minister used this illustration. Uh, Christians' prayer is like a fire truck. It stays par parked until a fire breaks out. And then it's sirens and horns and helter-skelter uh, gets to the place where the fire is burning and puts the fire out. And then after the fire is put out, you wind up going and parking the, the vehicle again and wait for the next fire. How many knows fire prevention is better? Don't let your prayer life be like a fire truck. Uh, use it as pr fire prevention. I'd rather prevent a fire than have to fight one. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray about a couple of things. 
Father, I pray right now for all those within the sound of my voice, the Facebook audience, and of course our church, Lord. And I lift them up before you in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Father, to give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Enlighten the eyes of their understanding that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power to them who believe according to the working of that mighty power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him in, in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and made him to be head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all father grant us that prayer grant us that spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know not just wonder not just guess but that we may know father and we thank you and praise you lord for all the prayers that's in the bible and, and all the examples of prayer we have. And, and even more than that, the examples of answered prayer. Because you have never let a prayer go unanswered. We may think it's gone unanswered, but it was just, it just wasn't the answer we wanted to hear. But you never ignore our prayers. You said this is the confidence that we have that if we pray according to your will, according to your word, that you hear us. And we know that if you hear us, we have the petitions that we desire of you. Lord, we pray according to your will. I pray for healing tonight for everyone that's got something in their body that doesn't belong there. I pray, Father, for mental and spiritual and emotional health in every way, shape, and form. I pray for wholeness in their lives. And I know that I can be confident you're hearing this prayer because I know it's your will that each and every one of us be healed. Jesus paid a high price for our healing. He took stripes on his back so that uh, the prophecy of Isaiah could be fulfilled that said, by his stripes you are healed. Peter said, by his stripes you were healed. So Father, we know healing is your will. We know healing is a part of the word of God. And so we're confident that you hear us. And we're even more confident that we'll have the petitions we desire of you. Touch each and every one that has a physical uh, impairment in their body right now in the name of Jesus. We speak to every cell. We speak to every organ in the body, the brain, the heart, the lungs, the liver, the pancreas, the, uh, the stomach, the bladder, every organ, Lord, every muscle, every sinew, every nerve. We speak wholeness to that body right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that you hear us, and we thank you that the petitions are, are being granted to us, Lord. Father, we also know it's not your will that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of God and, and, and be saved, Lord, and, so, and, and should not perish and be saved. So we come to you for every wayward son and daughter, every lost family, loved one, member of the family, Lord, Everyone that, that does not know you, Lord, we lift them up before you. Every family, every member of the church, we lift them up. Everyone within the sound of my voice that may not know you, Lord, and we ask that you would send a worthy laborer across their path, Father, that would bring the word of God and enlighten them, Lord. Have a fit word spoken at the right season, Lord. We pray that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that the blinders be lifted, that they see their need for a Savior and, and understand that that Savior is 
the one and only true God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, the one that hung on the cross and paid the price for redemption, paid the price for their sins. Lord, this is the Savior that we want them to be introduced to. Lord, you said the harvest fields are white, all ready to harvest, Lord. And you said to pray, therefore, laborers to go into the, your harvest field to, to reap this great harvest, especially in the end time. Lord, you said that you... Uh, the husband, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it. And Lord, we know you're a patience, God, and you're giving us as much time as we can possibly have to bring this thing to a close and get as many people saved as possible. So Lord, we ask that you thrust forth more laborers into the harvest field, including us, Lord. Let us be a laborer in the harvest field. Let us let that harvest field be our family first, Lord our workplace, our school, uh, wherever we go, Lord, let us be a light and let us be a witness for Jesus Christ. And Lord, for those that are having problems uh, in life right now, they have problems that seem not, seem not to have an answer, Lord. We know that you have an answer. We know that you have the wisdom and the revelation to solve any problem, Lord. And we know that you are the greater one, that you are you take the impossible and make it possible. You make the impossible and make it him possible. All things are possible with you, Lord. So we ask that you would intervene into that situation in their life, Lord, and that you would upgird them, that you would give them the answer they need, make the way that they need, Lord, because we know that you make ways where there is no way. Hallelujah. When it doesn't look like there's a way out, you make a way. You find a way for us, Lord. So we ask you to manifest yourself like that in their life right now, Lord. We ask you to lift addictions off of people, Lord. If somebody is addicted to something, enslaved to something, Lord, we know that you're the deliverer. You will set them free, Lord. You said you sent your word and uh, delivered them, and healed them and delivered them from their destructions, Lord. So we ask you to deliver them from the things that are trying to destroy them. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that we have access to the very throne room of God, into the very presence of God. And I might be sitting in a chair on the second floor at 1219 Lakeside Drive in Taylorsville, Kentucky, but my spirit is in the throne room with you right now. I'm in your presence, God. I'm looking at you face to face, and I'm here to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And I know that you in no wise turn me away, Lord. So I ask you to hear these prayers. I know you do. Hallelujah. And I know that you will answer them, each and every one, Lord. So we just thank you for it. We give you glory for it. We give you praise for it. Lord, financial blessings. Thank you, Lord. Financial blessings. There's people that need financial blessings. Uh, the devil's working hard on people's finances. He's got both parents working and the children practically raising themselves. He's got single moms and dads trying to do the best that they possibly can. But Lord, we ask for a financial breakthrough in their lives. We know, Father, that you said whatever they put their hand to, you will bless. So God, those that have been putting their hand to something, bless them, Lord. Bless what they've been putting their hands to. Multiply it. Add to it, Lord. Make a situation to where they won't have to work as long and as hard and they can spend more time with the family, Lord. The devil can't win in this. You are the you are the God of this world. Not or he's the God of this world, but you are the God of every Christian, Lord, and we don't have to live by his rules and we don't have to do the things that he's dictating to us 
or, or forcing us to do anymore, Lord. We rely on you. You're our source, Lord. You said that you will meet all our needs according to your riches and glory. And I know there's a lot of people in fear, Lord, but I just pray that they overcome that fear. They step out in faith and they take the next move that you're directing them to take. That you would get them out. You would lead them out of that situation, Lord. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We pray for relationships tonight, Lord. Broken relationships. The first one we pray for is any relationship that's uh, broken between you and your children, Lord. If there's a child out there that's broke fellowship with you, God, that they would see the air of their ways and they would return just like the prodigal son of old. Hallelujah. And a lot of times that's where in the problem lies. Uh, he didn't come home because he wanted to repent. He came home because he was hungry and didn't have a place to lay his head. But whatever it takes, Lord, to bring him back home, we call each and every wayward child back home tonight, Lord. God, we just give you glory and honor. We give you praise tonight. We thank you in advance for everything that we pray for. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, if you prayed with me, and you're believing for something or for a loved one or some something like that, you stay with it. You don't give up. You just hang in there and you just keep thanking God for the answer. We have lost loved ones in our family that we prayed for their salvation. We prayed for laborers to go across their path. And we know that God is doing everything he can. And every time we think of that loved one, we just raise our hands and say, thank you, Lord, they're saved. Thank you, Lord, they're coming into the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord, that they're healed. And just keep on standing in there. When you've done all the stand, uh, Paul told us in Ephesians to stand therefore. Hallelujah. Don't give up. Don't quit. The only way you lose is when you give up or you quit. When you get knocked down, you just keep getting up. And as long as you get up one more time, then you got knocked down, you will be victorious. So we love you and appreciate you. God bless you uh, for our church or anybody that would like to Come to our church this Sunday, 10.30 a.m. We'll return to normal in-person services this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you then. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.